Welcome to Together We Rise, the podcast. I'm Maxine, your host, spiritual guide, healer, and intuitive. This is a place for deep interdimensional dives, unpacking our world systems, paradigms, and what it is that we each can be doing to start recreating them. Each episode, I'll be joined by changemakers from an array of backgrounds, ranging from holistic wellness to activism to human rights equality, medical freedom, spiritual teachers, conscious business, and everything in between. Because they all have one common intention, and that is to actualize humanity's potential to thrive. Today's guest is the incredible David Lyon. And for those of you with me on Instagram, that name is not going to be unfamiliar. David is a spiritual guide in his own right. And his soul philosophy is living magic, which I absolutely adore. And he has this knack for making the spiritual wisdom, knowledge, and insights so digestible and applicable in our daily lives. He believes that living a life of ease, flow, synchronicity, joy, and playfulness is the very essence of living magic. I'm so pumped for today's episode, so let's dive in. Okay, so we have just heard who today's podcast guest is, and it is the wonderful David Lyon, and I'm going to get him to do a little bit of an intro himself in terms of where he's at right now and, yeah, what kind of led him down this path, because it's actually a really cool story. (laughs) Yeah, what's going on? Thank you for having me. (laughs) My pleasure. So so where I'm at now, let's... uh, very broad question. <laughs> I, I tend to do that. Yeah. Um, let me sit with that for a moment. Well, I'm at a space in my life where there's a lot of freedom and a lot of fun and a lot of magic. And that's what I love to share with others, you know, is how I got here. You know, I, I, I'm someone who went through the path of, um, thinking that you need to do certain things in life in order to get what you want. And at the same time, you know, always feeling in my heart that there was more, that there's, that there's magic and that there's easier ways of doing things. And so fortunately, you know, I chose to listen to my heart, which wasn't always easy. And it was always fruitful though. Mm. You know, and every time I chose to listen, to listen to my heart, there was always synchronicity. There was always magic. And there was challenge. And what I ended up learning through that path is through following the heart's divine guidance is what this is what people call ascension. You know, I like to simplify it as listening to your heart's divine guidance. I ended up discovering that, you know, it is entirely possible to live through ease, through flow, through synchronicity, through inspiration, through intuition, and have access to this magical world of gifts where you're playing with your spirit guides and you're doing psychic things and it just it very much feels and is the heavenly frequency Mm. and so that's what i love to share with people and i simply call it living magic because for me living magic is my word for what people call 5d i just think it's a little bit more simple yeah and and living magic is the opposite of living struggle so i'm all about the way of living magic Mm, yes and I feel that will land for so many people because that struggle is what we kind of get programmed with from the very beginning you know you want to succeed then this is what is required of you and it's kind of so counterintuitive to how we really are and how we can really you know bring about these things in a way that 
is fun and joyous and we are living in the higher parts of ourselves as opposed to having to move through such force and overexertion. And I want to dive in straight away with a, a bigger question because this was something before I came on here already. So it's like 6am here in Australia <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what, what, what is it that, you know, you want me to kick things off with? And it was this conversation around awakening because I feel like people have almost romanticized it and sometimes it's not that beautiful when we're going through that the other side absolutely but when we're at that pivotal moment of oh actually we have to unlearn all of this stuff there's usually a catalyst for that can you speak to a little bit of your own and what you see when people are at that point in terms of how they can navigate through that potentially yeah for sure yeah speak to my own awakening is that what you're saying yeah yeah um Oh man. Well, it's a dance, right? You know, I, I could say on one level, now I'm at a point in my life where the awakenings are for the most part, very magical and amazing and just like revelatory. Mm. And, you know, I, I, was, I was sharing with my friend earlier um, or the other day, how it's very interesting how you get to a point in your ascension where prior, you know, when you're just starting to awaken, it's really about learning to let go of things that are toxic for you, you know, mm. toxic friends, toxic relationship, toxic job, toxic environment. And that could be very challenging and is very challenging. And then as you ascend, it's very different because then it's about, it, it can be about letting go of things that are amazing, mm. that, that are just, you know, beautiful relationships, uh, beautiful opportunities, beautiful passions, which is a whole other degree of challenge because you have no reason to dislike it or to resent it. And so it's it's just higher acts of love that are being called through you to ascend higher. And so that's very much what my life is like in terms of challenge is, my level of challenge is letting go of amazing, mm. which is very hard, <laughs> which can be very hard. Mm. Um, and so in terms of how to navigate that, whether you're at the toxic stage or the amazing stage is playfulness and lightheartedness and just being very kind to yourself you know a lot of people treat the spiritual path too much like a mission too much like i have to do this because this is what life is asking for me or this is what my guides are saying and while the while there might be a truth to that you know this might be what's being called forth of you it's only you that pushes yourself in a kind of way that is maybe more militant with yourself than you need to be or hard on yourself than you need to be and something that i'm very very big on is self-compassion and being very kind with myself that's something that i'm very good at where there, there might be times where i receive a message and you know and it might be like a time to move on type of message and i'll also check in with myself and i'll be like okay thank you i'm not there yet i'm not ready and i and i don't pull back i don't resist i don't make a, a, a fuss but I just it's kind of like getting ready for a kind I, I mean I don't want to give it the, the texture of a race but I, I picture like getting ready for a race you're like okay I'm going to be doing this this mile and and I'm, I'm getting ready for it you know so it's, it's building up the courage it's allowing things to unfold it's asking for help and guidance so I think a really big piece of the not even only think like I know a really big piece of of, of the awakening no matter what level you're at is really being honest with yourself and kind to yourself and compassionate with yourself so that it doesn't have to feel so jar jarring and so that you don't build up resent you know because a lot of people will you know they'll get the message to let someone go and 
because they don't want to make a wrong decision or they want to they don't want to disappoint life because of their belief systems they might do it um prematurely mm. and then and then feel resent and go into heavier spaces and then need to soften up through there not that you could ever really do anything prematurely but i, I think you get the the yeah. essence of what i'm saying yeah and and so you know i i really love to remind people of lightheartedness of playfulness and of just being kind to yourself being honest with yourself and just being willing to grow and expand as you do so you know because the only thing that's actually going to cause you suffering is resistance right you know it's like there's that there's that buddhist quote that i love that says um pain is inevitable suffering is optional yeah. right and and suffering is just a resistance to the pain that we know we might have to go through that's what creates the suffering mm. and so there there's no real need for suffering however sometimes pain will be required and it doesn't have to be heavy it can be beautiful it can be liberating you know so so yeah that's what i have to say on that yeah absolutely and when you were saying that resistance you know what we resist will persist and that's something that i love to say because it's like oh you can see it when it's in motion and it's you in that situation or even you might be looking back in retrospect at a situation that you were like wow i can see so clearly how i was just holding on for like dear life when if i had just gone it's okay this is where we're at this is where i'm at this is what is required of me next and just taking one step at a time and yeah, I feel like that might be the next thing that I want to get you to elaborate on is that that incremental process, because I feel that, again, when awakening or spirituality comes up, a lot of people, they overhaul everything. They want to do everything all at once and they dive in the deep end and they're learning all this stuff and like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I want to learn how to channel and I want to learn how to speak to my guides and I want to learn how to do this. And it's like, whoa. They get so excited, which is amazing, and I, I completely I remember what that was like but then there comes a point where it's like you've got to strip it back and just start with one thing at a time so how would you go about that for people that are going okay I know like I'm I've had that pivotal moment where I'm going into my awakening and now I'm so excited I'm like the small child in a candy store how do I just diffuse that and come back to a place where I'm actually going to be able to start integrating and embodying these things in my life you know there are three stages of a soul's evolution according to the ancient egyptian teachings of ra which are number one is know thyself number two is accept the accept thyself mm -hmm. and number three is become the creator right which is somewhat of an infinite dance through cycles you go through a know thyself accept thyself become the creator and then it, you do it all over again mm -hmm. you know it's very cyclical and so i feel like that's the most important piece because in today's day and age, spirituality and spiritual gifts and guides and all these things have, bec have become somewhat of a fad. Yeah, totally. And and I think that's a great thing. You know, I think it's a great thing because it will it's pulling people in a positive di direction, mm -hmm. even if there are more holistic or integral ways of learning it. At least it's going the right way. You know, and you know this is the difference between like what I call like conceptual spirituality and being spiritual which which for me to, you know to be spiritual simply means to recognize that you are spirit that's it does it you know and and what that means for you what does it mean for you that you that you are spirit to recognize that you are spirit you know because 
conceptual spirituality often has a lot of limitation. You know, a lot of people will very rigidly think they need to meditate every day or very seriously have to do yoga or become a vegan and then become prejudiced and judgmental against people who aren't vegan. And that's not spiritual at all. <laughs> you, know, you know, spiritual is, is all loving and all accepting. Yes. It's unconditional in that way, you know. So to go back to what I was saying, you know, I, I think the most important part is to really get to know yourself, to know who you are as a step one, because that's what's going to lead to the blossoming of your of your spiritual gifts, of your of your connection with your spirit guides and, and so on and so forth. So. Yes, you know, going towards certain modalities can be catalysts towards you learning yourself, but I always I always suggest if you really want to embark upon this path and you want to approach it as playfully and um, wholeheartedly as possible so that you can integrate. Let's say, let's just imagine that I was here talking to my grandmother and not someone who studied spirituality, who knows all these languages of 5D and guides and all these things, right? If we bring it back to simplicity, it really comes back down to live your truth right live your truth have the courage to live your truth from that space as you have the courage to live your truth and you know you're like you know what okay i'm gonna do this i'm i don't want to be at this job anymore or you know like i i know inside i'm a spiritual weirdo even though people um around me might not know anything about it being willing to live your truth is you choosing to be a fully expressed being it's you choosing to blossom which i believe is our one of our only purposes is to blossom, to shine, our only purpose, I should say. And so in the living of your truth, then you open yourself up to more inspiration and intuition. You're just going to have access to it because you have access to more truth. And so simply by choosing to act on your highest inspiration and intuition in every moment with your excitement, with your pleasure, with your joy, then you'll be doing all the blossoming. You'll be opening up to all the connections. You'll be organizing your life all around synchronicity without even really trying, right? You're just watering yourself. So I feel like that's the most practical way mm -hmm. to go about these things. And it's incredibly magical. Like it will lead to all those other things that you're looking for. You know, it'll lead synchronistically to you meeting teachers like you and I or whoever else who might be able to teach you about guides mm -hmm. as part of your synchronicity, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Mm, yes, I love that. And within what you just said too, like, the judgment came up. So not judging your path because a spiritual path is not one. It doesn't look one way. It's going to look different for all of us. And that is something that, again, that level of surrender needs to come into play because it is allowed and it is okay for everyone to have a different experience of it. And that's the beauty in it. And then we also don't go into that place of needing other people to be doing things in a certain way so that it matches our view and perception of spirituality or the world at large so i feel like that is a really important piece to intertwine into that and you know once we start going down that path and we we start to recognize when we are in i guess the place of inspiration and guidance and we're, we're coming from that place of love and joy and then occasionally this is what i see people find challenging is they get in their mind and then they're like, oh, but I thought that I was connected to, you know, my guidance. And then it doesn't turn out how they thought. 
but really they weren't even connected. So what do you have to say to that? It's really about learning what the textures of your guidance and your intuition really feel like in comparison to your mind. It's extremely important, you know, and there's, cause there's different um, dimensions of intuition. You have your emotional intuition, for example, your emotional intuition is very simple. It's basically that you only have two emotional states. You have ones that make you feel heavier and ones that make you feel lighter, right? Those are your only two emotional states. Anytime you're in an emotional state where you're feeling heavier and from that space, you're coming to conclusions like, oh, it's that person's fault or they did this or, you know, it's life is against me. And that's from that, that heavier space. The reason why it has a heavier texture is because you're not seeing things the same way as your higher self, your lighter being. So you have a, you have a feedback mechanism letting you know, hey, if you're feeling heavy, you're not aligned with your greater being. Mm -hmm. So there, there's, you have your emotional intuition, you know, which is as simple as I, as I illustrated it. Mm -hmm. And then you also have your greater intuition which is simply your ability to know what you need to know when you need to know it. And the way that you can know your intuition from your mind is very simple. Your intuition is always very short, simple, clear, and direct. Yeah. It's never long-winded. It's never confusing. It's never controlling. It is always in the direction of freedom and liberation and love. And the textures of your intuition are, are either going to be a very calm sense of knowing, you know, kind of like um, the woman who, who just knows, she's just like, I don't know why I know, but I know, I know that my boyfriend's cheating on me, mm. right? It's just a calm sense of knowing. There's no emotional reaction. And, she's, and usually, you know, the woman will be like, I should probably be like really angry right now, but I just, I don't know why. I just know. It's a mm. calm sense of knowing. Where on the other hand, you know, there might be the woman who, who's just like, I know he's at that woman's house. I know she's cheating on me. That, that is not the calm sense of knowing. That mm -hmm. is a heavier state of being, mm -hmm. right? So, so we need to be very honest with ourselves and pay attention to our inner guidance and recognize that intuition is a calm sense of knowing or lighter, or it has lighter textures. It has wisps of inspiration, of excitement, of lightness that just feel good which are letting you know that is the language of the higher self. It is the higher self saying this way, this way, right? And so when I say that it's very short, simple, clear, and direct, the, the example that most people could relate to is when I give a relationship example where, for example, you're at the point where you're at the end of a relationship and let's just say it's been challenging and bitter and toxic and you're at that point where you're contemplating it might be time to let go. And so you, you sit with your heart and you're just like, okay, what do I need to do? And your heart's just like, time to move on. And then your mind's like, yeah, but maybe if I da 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 And the heart's just like, time to move on. You know what? But what I didn't think of is like, I didn't try hard enough here. And maybe if I change this and da 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 time to move on. Mm -hmm. Intuition, always short, simple, clear, and direct. And no matter how many different ways your mind tries to spin it, it gives the same guidance. So that's why I say it really takes self-honesty to become aware of what's true inside of you because you have to want to see, want to feel, want to know. And you know, you know, even in that instance of um, uh, leaving a relationship, when you get that message of time to move on, 
you know that that's the real intuition because if you were to feel beyond the fear of letting go, you'll feel liberation and expansion. It might feel scary to get there, but you'll, you'll feel it's like it does feel more free. Because if you think of staying, it'll feel like, Ugh, mm. right? It'll feel like settling or suffering. So that's you using your emotional guidance system again. Mm. So yes, I love that. Because for a lot of people, that is the biggest challenge. And it's that even though you receive it, the actual action is the most difficult part. Because then it's like, oh, whatever we've attached to that story or that scenario. But I love that you said look beyond it because that kind of releases all of the now and lets you go, okay, if it was, if you were to stay, what would that feel like? If you were to go, what would that feel like? And like you said, yes. when there's freedom, you know that that's the right choice. So I, yes. I love that analogy. Yeah, beautiful. You channel, and I really want to get into that because I know that people are going to love this. And what was your first experience like with that? And maybe also just share like who you do channel and, and what kind of, yeah, started that off for you because it is a unique ability. Although everyone has it, you have to foster it for it to grow. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll start by saying that channeling is our most natural state. Mm. Think, thinking is a very unnatural state, in my opinion. You know, and, and I don't mean receiving thought you know it's it's one thing when thoughts drop in but when you have a thought and then you choose to keep thinking the thought and then you're stuck in your head you know this is where they say thinking is sinking you know when you're i'm trying to figure out this thing i'm trying to you know that's very unnatural channeling is our most natural state if you go back to when we were a kid before we um were trained with a certain kind of analytical mind we were just a channel you know we would receive certain things, feel certain things, um, see angels or imaginary friends, as we might have called it, you know? So, so the first thing to understand is that it's a very, very natural state. It, it's our most natural state. And this is what's depicted when you see the ancient Egyptians with the sun above their head. You know, it's a, it's a symbol of their divinity, of, of their open channel. And so, and a few other things, but that's the most, I'm, I'm giving the simplicity right now. <laughs> The guides were coming in and I was just like, yeah, no, no, okay. <laughs> just hang on. <laughs> One moment, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I, my first conscious experience of channeling was probably in about 2012 as I started to teach um, energy classes. I was teaching energy and intuition classes at the time. Um, and my this is where my guides would come in and they would tell me what to teach mm. you know i would have i would have my students come in because so basically like i i had learned certain things from a mentor about energy and intuition and i just thought it was super inspiring because it felt like learning real magic and mm. what i most what i most loved about developing my intuitive gifts was that you have to become a better person in order to do it you have to tune more into compassion, more into playfulness, more into pure intent in order to access those higher realms. So I was just like, whoa, what a, an amazing way to make the world a better place than to teach people intuitive gifts because they have to become better people to do it, yeah. you know? And so that's what inspired me about it in the first place. And so when I first started teaching my classes, um, I was being trained by my guides to open up my other senses because at the time I was very um, 
clairaudient. I could hear my guides very well, but I would get confused with the visions and I didn't know how to, I wasn't well versed in just speaking the feelings they were, they would give me. But when they would just whisper things, it was very easy for me to just repeat. So in the beginning, that, 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 was, that was my start is I would, you know, class would come in, I would go to the guides and then they would whisper to me what to say and what to do and I would teach. And then eventually, once I got strong enough in that, they would shift senses. And so then they went over to my visionary sense, which, you know, my third eye, which was uh, challenging in the beginning because it's kind of like playing charades with the guides, you know? So, so what's, what's where a lot of people go off when they get visions is you have to learn how to connect to the vision with your heart because that's the only way you're going to get the true resonance of the language because otherwise you might see a vision you know you might be helping someone and see a vision of two people playing on a seesaw and you're just like okay um you have to be more balanced mm. but really what the what the guides are saying if you feel into it they're like no 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 you have to be more playful yeah Right. So so there it was it was a bit challenging in the beginning to learn how to feel those mm -hmm. visions. And then once that was mastered, then it was then they they temporarily took away the vision and the hearing and then it, they just gave me feeling. Mm -hmm. And so I had to do it all on my own is what it felt like. I had the feeling, but I had to come up with the words that expressed the feeling. And then and then it just, you know, and then it was just all full blown, all my senses were open. And so that's how it started for me was with the channeling. And I, I would ignite other people into the state because I would serve as a tuning fork. That's one of the beautiful things about um, being on this kind of path is, you know, much in the same way that a very positive and happy person is a tuning fork for positivity and happy and I was gonna say happy and happiness. <laughs> that's a new word. I like it. <laughs> happy <Happitivity. laughs> The activity of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> so as much as they're a tuning fork as you embody greater spiritual energy you become that tuning fork for others mm. and so th so that's very much what I do with people and along my path as I grew once it was time for me to um, learn greater levels of mastery that's when uh, Thoth came into my life who's one of the beings that I channel I work with I'm connected to I'm an incarnation of depending what dimension you want to look at things from mm. <laughs> <laughs> see what I mean you yeah. can go very deep on this and I love it <laughs> oh yeah we could go at, at any angle <laughs> um so Thoth came into my life um I like to just explain Thoth as a being of light you know he's he's one of the ascended masters Yes, there's lots of stuff on him on Google, and he's the writer of the Emerald Tablets. Um, in essence, Thoth is a collective of consciousness. So if you imagine, um, Thoth is a title, not so much of a name. Mm. A lot of people think Thoth was his name. It wasn't. You know, and it's just like Isis or Ra. These are titles mm. in the same way we say doctor or lawyer or mystic. Mm -hmm. So... Thoth is a scribe of the gods. It literally translates to divine thought or holy thought. So I'm of that frequency. And so I was receiving that training from Thoth, the ones who most people know as Thoth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from there, when you really learn to channel directly from source or God or the universe, whatever label, then you open yourself up to channeling 
any being that's in alignment with that and you're not limited to just channeling one being so i i work with the angels i work with other people's guides i work with past over loved ones i work with unborn babies i work with you name it ets they you know it's 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 whatever's fun because it's it's infinite possibility mm. Mm. and when we start going into those realms it is infinite you know and that's um Something, yeah, like in terms of people, because I know that there's going to be some listening that are like, yeah, I've, I've started developing these things. How do I make space for them in my life? Because I know also from my own experience, when some of these things started happening to me, I was like, I can't control it. It would happen at times where I was like, what is this? Or like I'd be in conversation with someone or with a client and I'm like, this is really distracting because I'm actually here to give them this. And like that that not knowing when to switch things on and switch things off. And, you know, as you progress with these things, you get much better at it. But when you're at those early stages, it's really nice sometimes to be like, no, you're okay. Like that's normal. But these are some things that you could potentially do to just support you because sometimes it can get really noisy too, where they're on all the time. And it's, if you don't have those boundaries between when you get to just be you and have fun and when, you know, you're there to serve and do the work and that's still fun, but you're there to be of service to something. How do you kind of guide people on that where they can create those boundaries where it feels safe and good, but not over consuming? Yeah. So I'm someone who likes to have my gifts on all the time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, so except when I smoke weed. <laughs> okay. When I, if, if I'm, in, if I'm in a state of, if I'm using a substance, mm -hmm. you know, unless I'm in a state of clarity, of pure clarity, I don't offer my gifts because I feel that it's not the highest service I can offer. Yeah. And and from my perspective, I'm not separate from my gifts. You know, they're not. It's not something else. You know, it's in, much in the same way that the the rays of a, of the sun are not separate from the shine. Mm. You know, so that's how I perceive the gifts or my rays. Now, with that, the way that I, um. I guess balance it for lack of a better word, um, or or I'm, I'm masterful with it is intention. It's simply my intention. My intention is always the same: the highest good for all involved. That's it. You know. So in the beginning, it's very easy to it. You know, your gifts will interact with your ego, and it's necessary because it, because that high frequency of your gifts will come into contact with your ego so that it can help it harmonize in in certain ways. So in the beginning, and I remember I was like this too, you know, you might find yourself being more imposing with your gifts, mm. you know, like you get messages and you just feel like you have to say them because you have the message, not realizing that you didn't really take a second to ask, is this necessary right now? Is this in the highest good? Or am I just wanting to be right or give the answer or show that I'm gifted or so on and so forth, right? So there, there is a maturing phase that does happen. But the, the great balancer is really that intention of the highest good for all involved. Because then once you have that as your filter, so to speak, you'll still receive from the guides and from your intuition. However, you'll also know, you'll have the discernment to know, is this meant to be said right now or, you know, or, or to be shared? Or is this being given to me so I can have greater understanding and compassion you know, to be able to navigate with these people, so on and so forth? Now, with that said, <clears throat> there's also another level of this because sometimes I, I just had a client literally a few hours ago who was going through a really massive spiritual awakening, like went from being 
average person to all of a sudden third eye blown open Pleiadians Galactic Federation like just like just does not know was just like yeah. what the fuck yeah you know and <laughs> and so she was telling me she was like she's like it can feel like a lot you know like they're they're bombarding me like when I'm awake when I'm asleep you know mm -hmm. and I and I've told I've told them like I you know like I I need a break you know and so she's like so I'm a little worried and so when I tuned in and I looked at her field and I went to speak with her guides what I saw was that it was necessary for that point of her evolution that they are bombarding her because mm -hmm. it teaches her the range of different frequencies and 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 textures so that she can be aware of them and use them mm -hmm. and the analogy that the analogy that they gave me it was brilliant they gave me this analogy of imagine you have like a, a flip book or a post-it book and on each page you have a different stick figure that's a little bit different so that when you flip it it has movement right mm -hmm. So that's what the the bombarding is doing. It was teaching her the movement of the different range of frequencies. Whereas if they did it slower, if they were just gave her one page of the post-it every day or every week, she'd be like, "What the fuck is this? Mm, like, yeah. I don't get it." Yeah. Right? It's it, there needs to be a high speed and bombardment of it sometimes in the beginning for you to really understand the range of motion that they're wanting to communicate, so you could understand every little subtlety between this stick figure and that stick figure and that stick figure where if you got it slowly, it wouldn't do the job. So there is a level of trusting that whatever you do attract is in alignment with source, is in alignment with, with your highest good. You know, there was, um, years ago, I had a private session with uh, Bashar. Are you familiar with Bashar? Yeah. So Bashar, is, for those who don't know, the very short story is, Bashar is an extraterrestrial who's channeled by a man named Daryl Anka, who lives in LA. He's been doing this for over 30 years. Phenomenal. Check him out. Yeah. And so I went to have a private session with Bashar. And I went to talk to him about um, an ET contact experience I had where an ET showed up in the physical in my living room and was doing some stuff to my third eye. And even though I felt he was benevolent, my body was a little freaked out because I was seeing an eight foot tall ET in my room, you know? and as you do just a just a casual afternoon <laughs> just, just another Tuesday yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so I was telling Bashar the story and I was just like yeah the ET was in you know in my room or in the living room where I was sleeping and you know when I woke up in the morning I tuned in to make sure the being was of source and as I was about to continue talking Bashar cut me off he was like why would you attract anything otherwise mm. And I was like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and, and it's, it's a great question, right? And, and, and then he was like, even if you did attract something you didn't prefer, there's no reason why you can't use it in a way that is in alignment with source. Mm. And so it was a really great and powerful upgrade. And since then, I've just always known and even more firmly trusted that whatever's happening is in alignment with my highest good in some way, shape or form. Cause that's what I'm aligned with. Mm. Yes. Yes. And it comes back to that intentionality that you spoke to before. Like when we use this with intention, there is nothing other than the results of something being of the highest good, even what we attract exactly. in. So yeah, that is, yeah, you left, you dropped some gold there. I would really encourage people to even just go back and listen to that again, because yeah, <laughs> definitely. Because it's just, it is, 
bringing such um, confirmation for people too, because I find sometimes, especially when the old world falls away and you might be going through this process, you might be around people that are not at that level and a lot physically around you is changing as well. So it's nice to know like, okay, even though I can't see the path right now, I just got to trust that taking each step that I'm offered and given is going to lead me where I need to go. And that's sometimes nice to hear that sounding board be like, it's all right, <laughs> you're doing well. It's okay to not have it all, you know, harmonized right in this moment. Absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, it's also remembering that this is even, this might sound like a beautiful affirmation and it is, but it's also truth when I say that everything is always happening for an exciting reason. Everything is always happening for a magical reason. You know, it's just how you relate to it. You know, life always gives you better mm. always you know if, if you look back on your life and, and you know when you would let go of something that didn't serve you you always got better you know so sometimes it might seem kind of confusing and chaotic but if you even just look back logically you'll see that life always 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 gives you better so everything's always happening for a magical reason and so remembering that can be helpful on the path mm. yes yes and then it's it's you again taking back that intention and power and you self-soothing because I feel that's another really important thing for us to be able to do once we start progressing along this journey as well. It's we can have mentors and people that support us through the process, but there comes a point where we have to come back to self and know how to just do this by ourselves. And yes, we've got the support of, you know, our guides or spirits or whoever you want or however you want to term it. But it always comes back to you at the end of the day and you deciding what it is that you want to let in and how you want to move forward with these things. In terms of how you move through your day, obviously you've said excitement and flow and things that feel good to you are of highest priority. What are some things that you suggest or offer to people if they're just yet yeah, retuning and they're, they're getting into that place of, yeah, okay, what if people don't even actually know what they like? How would they go about that process of refiguring that out? Because they may have come from really structured, rigid life where they've just been checking the boxes. And sometimes when we take that away, it's like, oh, now what? How do I even go about finding what I like, what I like to do, how I like to prime myself? Yeah, great question. Step one is always desire. You have to actually desire it. If you're just there bitching and complaining that you don't have it, but you're not actually desiring it and desiring to discover more of you, then of course you can't open up that gift, right? Mm -hmm. And so step one is to actually desire it, desire it and want it for yourself and know that you can have it. And then to, if necessary, create the space for you to have it. You know, if, if, if you're in a toxic or even bombarded or stress-filled environment where you're constantly doing things for others and compromising yourself and not living your own life, then it's going to be very hard to discover who you are, what your passions are, what your gifts are in that kind of soil. You know, even the most powerful of plants needs the right soil to grow. Mm -hmm. You know, so first is being willing and wholehearted enough to create that space for yourself, to create that soil for yourself, whether that's, you know, like, I really want to go for a walk in nature. You know, I really want to take an Airbnb and book a chalet for the weekend or a country house. Chalet is, is French. <laughs> a country house. <laughs> I'm European, so I, I, I'm familiar. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, America, they had no idea when I said chalet. So I remember. 
And so one is desiring it, creating the space for yourself and be excited to be excited, right? Be, be, be passionate to be passionate, be, be curious to discover more of you through just going towards more of what would feel good to you. Mm-hmm. So if the, so if you're feeling stressed and over and, and, and overworked, then gifting yourself a country house for the weekend and nature would feel really good to your soul, which puts you more in touch with your soul's truth. And so simply going and doing that, and also at the same time, here's a very important subtlety, is going to that country house or whatever your example is, and letting go of the environment you've come from on the inside as well. You know, so for example, like the overworked mother who finally gives herself a vacation, if she goes on the vacation and all she's thinking about is of her kids, she did not create that space for herself, you know? So there is a certain sense of giving that space on the inside as, as well of just like, this is for me. This is me time. I'm giving this to me so that I can be more me for the people around me. Because if I always sacrifice myself, then I only have 10% of myself to give, you know? And I don't want to teach my kids self-sacrifice. I want to teach them joy and love, mm. you know, whatever, whatever that story is, you know? So being willing to give it to yourself wholeheartedly and then from that space when you create spaciousness naturally because you're in uh, greater soil you're going to have certain inspirations pop up certain intuitions pop up you'll be you know like oh let's go for a walk on the forest trail and you'll and you'll start walking and all of a sudden your intuition will be like something's telling me to go sit down on that tree stump and then you sit down on that tree stump and all of a sudden you have this divine revelation and you remember yourself you know in, in some way shape or form right so it's it's all about bringing yourself into the vibrational vicinity of magic the vibrational vicinity of clarity and revelation and so let's just say that that's over here this is the vibration of it and you're feeling over here you know you're feeling heavy you're feeling like crap you're feeling like however you're feeling and so to go from here to clarity is a bit of a vibrational jump so through being willing to always move in the direction of a lighter feeling always, no matter what circumstance in your life, always move in the direction of lighter feeling. If you're like, okay, I'm going to create space for myself, lighter feeling. I'm going to get a country house. I'm going to cook a meal for myself. I'm going to go for a walk. As you fill yourself up with more and more light, eventually you get into the vibrational vicinity of synchronicity, of inspiration, of clarity, of guidance, and those quote unquote spontaneous things happen Mm -hmm. that wake you up and show you more of yourself. So as much as it seems so spontaneous and random, it's actually a very simple science. And that science is always move in the direction of a lighter feeling. And when intuitions and inspirations pop up, listen to them because that is your soul. That is your higher self speaking to you saying, hey, I have a gift for you. Hey, come this way. Mm. I've got things figured out. Come. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that relationship starts to flourish from doing that because it's almost like I see it sometimes like courtship. It's like in the beginning, it's like you gotta love on it. You gotta you gotta wanna be with it. You gotta actually want to make the space for it. And it's Absolutely. the more that we do that and the more that we are sweet with it, the more that it grows. And it's not again making it something that is hard and that we have to force into being and okay, now we're gonna we're going to access our gifts now. (laughs) We're going to like, you know, sometimes that's like how it happens or I'm going to find myself or I'm going to figure out what it is that I love to do. Like just what feels good. And it might be that you just, oh, I really enjoy coffee. Okay, awesome. 
where's the where is in the vicinity that you live the best coffee shop you can find and then they yes. might be playing music that you really love and you're like oh I haven't heard this song for so long or like a different style and then it's like oh maybe I'm going to check out if there are any live gigs and it's those types of things that I feel like tangible examples for people if they're listening they're like oh what would that look like those little moments are what you're what you're talking about right like it's it's those things that you just won't even realize in that moment but at the end of it you're like, oh my goodness that just took me on such an amazing fun path yes exactly you know and it's like you know this is why i like to remind people that the only purpose of your logic is to make a decision based off of your intuition mm. that's it that's the only purpose of our logic, you know, because it's, it's our decision maker. And if you know that your greater being feels like when you're truly feeling like yourself, you know, anyone could relate to this, you know, it doesn't matter how long it's been, when you really feel like you, that's mm-hmm. when you feel the most alive, the most excited, the most passionate, the most joyful, the most clear, all those types of feelings, right? So if you're not in that space and you're trying to find a way back to feeling like you again, that's where it's important to always move towards the lighter feeling because the lighter feeling is connected to the lighter you. Mm. The, and so it's those lighter feelings are literally the, the, your inner being, your higher self, your greater being saying, Hey, this way, come to, you don't need to figure anything out. I've already figured things out for you. Come tune into where things are already figured out. And just in the same way that when you're in that state that everything's clear and creative and you're on purpose and you're inspired, this is how you tune into synchronicity and live through synchronicity. This is how you live magic. It's listen to those lighter feelings. It's connecting you to the lighter you. Passion, joy, creativity, excitement, love, inspiration, curiosity. These are all lighter frequencies that you can choose to follow with your logic because your logic will go, I have to finish this report. I have to do these clients. And that's a very serious feeling. And then the lighter feelings like, don't you really want to go for a walk? Oh no, but I don't have time for a walk. <laughs> right? So so this is where it's important to bring consciousness to be like, oh, wait a second. Do I want to embody more of that rigid energy or do I want to embody more of that light energy? And it's a choice. Both choices are valid, but you just have to ask yourself, what do you value? Do you value happiness and aliveness and being an example of that for the others around you? Or do you value being a stressed out, frustrated, rigid person? Mm. Both are valid, but mm. what do you want? <laughs> yes, and it's within the, the flexibility of, and when we speak about rigidity, something that I like to offer when I come across people that lack structure, it's have a framework, but build flexibility into that. Because it's, if you're like, I got to get this done and this is, you know, so important and I'm forcing it and it doesn't feel like it's actually falling, but I've got a deadline and I know that I need to do it. The walk is actually the thing that's calling you because it's the thing that's going to open you up to actually finish that from a place of inspiration as opposed to forcing yes. it across the line. And then how that is received is completely different as well. Because yes. when we're in that, that, you know, that work environment, I feel this is maybe where we can um, finish up on is how we bring that into every facet of our life because work is also an energetic exchange. It's when we are, so for example, when we're doing an email, that will carry an energy. If you're in that frustrated, wound up state and you're like, got to get this done, got to get this deadline, send this off, send that off, the person is going to receive the energy of the state that you're in, even via an email. So it's important yep. when you were saying, like when that comes in, it's like, 
is this actually going to be a conduit to allowing me to serve in the highest good for all involved if that remains your intent and if so doesn't mean you have to go for hours but it might be that you just take 10 or 15 minutes and just go outside and get some fresh air and get into the sun and huh, back in my body back in my heart now i'll go back to the computer and i'll finish that how else would you suggest that people can bring more of that even into you know the doing of the day-to-day -day stuff where there might be things that need to be completed but how can they create more flexibility within their rigidity because i get that for some people that life that that's just how their life is right now and they might be moving toward freedom of time mm -hmm. and all those sorts of things but right now they might find themselves there how can they bring a little bit more of that surrender and playfulness in in essence it's simply by realizing that it doesn't serve them yes. you know it's 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 really as simple as that you know um if you're doing things out of rigidity and stress even if you accomplish the things that you say you want you're not going to be happy because you've ju you've just manifested more rigidity and stress. So now you have the money, but now, but you have even more things that are rigid and stressful, and so you can't even enjoy it. You you can't you can't experience it the way that you want. And you're gonna be like, this is why we have miserable millionaires, mm -hmm. right? If money really made us happy, millionaires would be the most joyful of us all. But that's that's not the case, mm -hmm. you know. So so one, it's recognizing that. It doesn't serve you and you know i was speaking to a woman about this recently and i was um she was asking me <laughs> we, we were doing like a we were in a mastermind and we were doing a hot seat and she was asking me how can i lock in inspiration <laughs> <laughs> that says it all right lock it in right? yeah, yeah. How, can I, how can i just lock it in right <laughs> over here and it, it was it was such a sweet and innocent question and and I looked at her and I'm like, I'm like, is it okay if I scan your field? And she's like, yeah, for sure. And I looked and I'm like, I looked at her field. I'm like, I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm like, you're overworked. Mm -hmm. You're overworked. So you can't access inspiration and everything's going to feel heavy. And what your soul really wants is to, to, to go rest and go hang out with your girls. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she's like, oh yeah, that would feel so good. Yeah. I totally resonate with that, but it feels very hard for me to let myself do that. And I said, oh, I said, oh, interesting. It feels hard for you. So immediately, you know, being a hypnotist also, that let me know that she has a subconscious belief that still tells her that it serves her to continue to do things rigidly, even though it resonates to go this way, even though she knows if she rests, she'll get more inspiration, she'll get more clarity. So, so I explored it with her. And basically what we uncovered was that she the, her main driver is accomplishment a sense of accomplishment so for her in her subconscious mind it's like well if i get this done then i will have accomplished something and that feels good to me because i need to accomplish and i said okay so your main driver is accomplishment yes and she's like yes absolutely well can you see how even the accomplishments you're getting now aren't satisfying or fulfilling you she's like no i fucking hate them <laughs> like oh wow I'm like, perfect. Well, mm -hmm. now that you understand that your actual driver is accomplishment, can you see how if you gave yourself the rest that you want and the, and the joy time with your girls, that you would feel better, be more inspired and accomplish greater things? Mm -hmm. And she was just like, actually, yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, now does it feel hard to give yourself rest? She's like, no, it feels very easy. I'm going to go do it right now. <laughs> yes. You know, so, mm -hmm. 
So sometimes it's a matter of looking at our, our drivers. Like if we know something is better for, for us it's, and we're not going towards it, it, we have to look at what is it I am believing is true that would make me go this way and, and examine that belief until you could see how it's illogical. Because the second you see it's illogical, you immediately release the belief and you'll see that you can actually get that result through the thing that you know feels good. Mm. So, so that's one layer of the cake. The other part that I'd like to bring to light is um, once I, I was in Hawaii and I was having a conversation with God and because I was in a place in my business where I was doing all the right things, I invested in the marketing, I had the assistant and, you know, and had I just followed through with the strategies, I would have made the money and served the people and, and you know, it was very well intended, but it just didn't feel fun. Like I, I hated my life doing it. Like it was just, this is miserable. And, um, and a part of me was just like, okay, well, I just need to get, I just need to get this strategy done. I do this strategy. And then once it's done, at least then it'll be complete. Not realizing there's always more, right? There's always more. <laughs> and so, so I stopped and I'm like, okay, I'm feeling resistance. I'm feeling rigidity. This is not lightness. Let me reorientate, bring consciousness. And I went and I had a conversation with God and God actually asked me a very interesting, this is, this is usually I ask the questions, but this time I got an asked the question. Mm. And the question was that I got asked was, how do you define business? And right away I was like work. And I was like, oh, I'm like, that doesn't feel good. I'm like, I don't even believe in work. I don't resonate mm. with work. Mm. I'm, I'm Mr. Play, excitement, create. Yeah. And so I asked, I asked back, I'm like, how do you define work? And the response was loving life. Hmm? loving life that was how god, that's how god defines business sorry hmm. loving loving life and immediately when i heard that and i felt that i'm like my whole body and shoulders just relaxed i was like oh that makes so much sense you know i had a misdefinition in my subconscious and so i was doing things from the framework of work because i because i'm honoring my subconscious but now I got this new belief of like loving life and I literally filtered everything through that lens and it allowed me to accomplish everything I was trying to do quicker, faster, better, make more money, have greater impact with ease, with mm. flow, with excitement, just because I changed the definition. So looking at those things really matters, you know, so that, that's, that's my, my, my suggestion to people is one, I suggest if it feels good to take on that belief of true business is loving life. It's not stress. It's not work. And also to recognize like you, like you were sharing that sometimes actually all the time when you're trying to do something and you're feeling frustration or rigidity, or it's just not flowing, you can't find the words and it's not, you know, you're meeting resistance your greater being, the source within you knows what you're trying to accomplish and it knows how to accomplish it better. So when, when you get that inspiration to just go for a walk, even though with your logical mind, you can't see how that's gonna get your work done, what the greater being within you knows is, like you said, is if you go for that walk, you're gonna be raising your vibration, you're gonna go into gratitude and joy and you'll get to the vibrational vicinity of inspiration, it'll drop in and you'll just be like, oh, that's how I can do what I was wanting to do and all of a sudden you're going to feel like doing what you had to do and you'll get it done more effectively, more effortlessly and more efficiently. Mm -hmm. It's magic. 
<laughs> yeah. The science of magic. <laughs> yes. And someone needs to hear that. So I'm so glad that it took us there because, you know, it's part of the modern world that we've constructed. And, you know, we all have some level of service, but it's how we frame it. And it's that old paradigm of, you know, we've got to do things because we've got to do them and all that sort of thing. Like that's starting to, to shift and having things that we can lean on to help us recreate our belief systems and recreate our relationships to these things is really important. So that is powerful. To finish, I just wanted to give you an opportunity. Is there anything you feel that is left unsaid? Is there anything that you want to part with? I just really want to get the message across and remind people that your only purpose here is to be, is to shine. You know, I always tell people, if you want to know your purpose, the sun is your best teacher, mm. right? The sun is just here to shine. And as a side effect of shining, it helps people, it heals people, it inspires, it brings joy, it attracts soul family, it warms hearts. It does all these things just by shining. The same is true for you, where when I tell you your only purpose is to shine, what I'm telling you is that your only purpose is to be the unique you as fully as you can be, as expressed as you can be, as alive as you can be, as excited and inspired as you can be. That is you shining. And as a side effect, like the sun, you're going to help heal and inspire so on and so forth. So it's important to recognize that while you might be caught up in your mind going, okay, but what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Okay, but what do I need to do? You're not a human doing. Mm. You're a human being. Your only role is to blossom yourself. And, you know, and, and just like in the past, every time you step into more of you, you get a synchronicity. Doesn't matter how great or how small the leap is, you know, it might be um, you just decided to go for that walk and you stepped into more you because you stepped into more lightness and then you get the synchronicity of inspiration. Or it might be you let go of that toxic relationship and you stepped into more of you in a greater way and then you get a greater synchronicity of a new love or a new opportunity. So every time you've stepped into more you, you get a synchronicity effortlessly. Things are figured out for you without you needing to try. So, you know, there's a great quote that really exemplifies this by Mark Nepo. I say it all the time. It's, the flower doesn't dream of the bee. It doesn't dream of abundance. It doesn't dream of clients. It blossoms and the bees come. That's it. So your only job is to blossom, is to nourish yourself with your inspiration, with your intuition, with your excitement, with those lighter feelings, stepping into your fullest expression and liberation. And as you blossom, the bees of abundance will come effortlessly without you needing to do anything, just by you being everything. Mm -hmm. So that is the message of living magic that I have for everybody. I hope it serves purpose and that it lands and that it's helpful. Mm. And... I'm sure yeah. it will be. <laughs> if people want to find you, which I have the sense that they will, where will they be able to do that? Best place to find me is my website, which is www.livingmagic.life, not .com. Mm -hmm. And living magic is basically my more simple word for 5D. I know a lot of people use the word 5D. Mm -hmm. So it's the opposite of living struggle. Mm -hmm. and there you'll find all my services and offerings and social media and stuff and otherwise um 
YouTube is great. I always suggest I, I do lots of free offerings on YouTube, on YouTube Live. And I never tell people when I'm going to go live. I do it spontaneously. So if you want to be a part of the hypnosis activations and stuff like that that I do, make sure you hit subscribe and the notification icon. And uh, Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram at Lionism. Yeah. And those are all the places you can find me. Amazing. Well, I would highly encourage you if you're listening to go and check him out because he is amazing. And thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed this. (laughs) Now, before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here with me and wanting to do your part in recreating the status quo. If you got something out of today's episode, I would love if you could leave me a review and forward this on to anyone that you feel would benefit or even share it on your socials. I just want to close by saying I appreciate you. And until next time, remember that together we truly do rise.